How do we sound, babe? Hello. <laughs> that was funny. All right, I'm just going to ride the bish. Where's your water bottle gone? Yeah. Do you feel like that's uh, like you as a water bottle? <laughs> I'm just stocky and because you're wearing a black shirt. <laughs> oh. Welcome back, everyone, to the Third Space Studio, and uh, we are on the Chip Lunch Podcast, if you hadn't realised what you're listening to or watching right now. Uh, my name is Joel. Uh, I am not joined by either Ethan or Brayden, but I am joined by our special guest, Jabish. How are Hello. you, mate? I'm good. It's very, it's very nice. I'm good, thank you. It's very nice to have you on. Yeah, it's great. Because we couldn't have Ethan or Brayden along with us, we've dug back into the archives and brought out the COVID with leaves, thanks to Nikki. And uh, yeah, uh, an apt replacement for Ethan or Braden, I think. What do you think? Yeah, sounds good. He's helping me take over the podcast in <laughs> this picture. <laughs> two per person. Which two are Braden, which two are Ethan? Uh, well, I'd have to say uh, they're all quite evenly, spa- evenly sized, these three at the top, aren't they? So I would have to say... The top three are Ethan, and the bottom one is Brayden. <laughs> <laughs> Not really, uh, because the reason I chose that one down the bottom is because it's closest to the heart, and Brayden oh. has a really good heart. He does. That heart was made by Daniel Darvell. Uh, he 3D printed this heart for one of our sermon series uh, on our digital gatherings. Uh, shout out to Daniel. Thanks for that. Anyway, back to you, Jabish. <laughs> How are you? We I'm already good. asked. We already I'm asked well, that. Sorry, well. it's very exciting to have you on. Yeah. Uh, first question that we always ask everyone is, how do you like to have your hot chips? With chicken salt. Oh. have to be chicken salt. Okay. Chicken salt. It's just salt enhanced. Superior. Salt. Uh, everyone says that. Yes. Yeah, so everyone's like, why couldn't you improve things further? I'm like, well, because there's you've got to, with the classics. It's the is it is it MSG as well. Must be MSG, right? I don't know. Yeah. Well, yeah, it's all MSG, guys, so you shouldn't eat it. So that's probably why it gets you hooked. Oh, because it's like a, it's MSG like makes you want to eat things more, right? Yeah. Oh, okay. So maybe that's why. Maybe. I like it with a side of gravy. Gravy? Well. Gravy's nice. Right. Yeah. Yeah, right. Do you usually, can you usually get gravy from... If you go to the chip, chip shop, yeah. So I haven't had fish and... I haven't had chips in ages, but mm. when we were... We used to live in Caring Bar and on random occasions, mum would be like, yeah, we can get chips. So I'd run down. It was like six bucks for a box of chips you couldn't finish. And yeah, they'd get a side of gravy. My sister didn't like gravy, so we'd work away from either end. Oh, and see who would, who would win? As in like, I could have the gravy side. Oh, And then she would I have see. that side that didn't have gravy. Oh, but you didn't just... Get a side of gravy in a in a container and then just throw For it. For some out. reason, they just they would just pour it in. I think maybe they just assume you want oh. gravy on. And it just makes them soggy. Does that make them soggy? Yeah, that's not too bad. You like soggy chips? That's okay. I was talking with someone at work um, yesterday, I think, or the day before, and they were talking about like so many places like just undercooked chips. You know how it's just a little bit like mm. this needs to be crispy. Like chalky. Do you mean chalky inside, or do you mean it's not? I think more the more than the outside. The outside just needs to be crispy. And sometimes they're like, oh, it's good enough. And they just throw it out on the plate. And I like, do like really crispy chips as well. Yeah. 
whereas Amy likes more potato. Amy, your wife, yes, who has wife. been on this podcast yes, previously. Yeah. Uh, she what, likes what, sorry? She likes a high pota- like potato ratio. Oh, that's crisp. right. She did say that on the, so like on the chip Wedges lines. are like great. Yeah. It's a lot of potato for crispy outside, whereas I like a lot of crunch. Does that mean you like like the French fry? Ooh. I like more like, you know, when, when you have like offcuts of the steak cut chips, there's like those, they're broad and flat. But also very crispy. Yeah. Mm. Yeah, I know what like you mean. Like Mac is not as much. Yeah. Yeah. Maybe because they don't get crispy enough. I do like, I don't want to have to put like five chips in my mouth to feel like I'm eating chips. Uh, see, that's an interesting because I feel like there's it's a texture thing when you pull up. Yeah, the mm. fire French fries is a different texture just having one chip. Yeah. Probably because there is more crispiness, supposedly mm. it was meant to be, and there's less potato content, but... Yeah. Yeah, cool. I feel like we've, we're really delving into chips here, but you're a foodie, so you, you enjoy food. I do. But uh, the quality of the oil and how often the oil has changed makes a massive difference to how nice chips are. I went mm. to a place uh, in Bandino, which is in the Southern Shire, and they had an amazing. They just sort of like the food is really fresh, but the chips were just super fresh. Like you could tell they'd like either just changed the oil, or they were like, "Oh, we need to change the oil regularly." It was. It was. Yeah. That was. They were probably the best chips I've had in a long time. Actually, what is good oil to fry chips in? I don't know. Well, I'm thinking they're cooked in vegetable oil most of the time. Yeah. Which isn't. I don't think vegetable oil is great for you, but yeah. makes High things smoke point and cooks chips. I guess. Yep, yeah, that's right. High smoke point. I don't know what a high smoke point is. Like, What's um, that? <laughs> Just having a drinks break yeah. with your gigantic. <laughs> it's, it's like the temperature at which the oil will start smoking. Yeah. And so I think if it starts smoking, it starts having like like bad taste. Like that's when It's you too smoky. Yeah, you, you don't want it to smoke. So you can heat it up a lot, cook the chips. In order to crisp it up? To, yeah. Yeah, okay. That makes sense. To, yeah. Are you happy to move on from chips? Yeah, now? I'm totally. <laughs> <laughs> so the second question that we always ask is, and I'd like to pose this to you, Jabish, how did you become a Christian? Cool. So I've got to kind of like lay some groundwork that to before I like got, get to that point. Love it. I mean, we've delved so deep into chips. We yeah. may as well do this with your uh, becoming a Christian story. And um, I guess if there's points where you'd like clarification, either like stop me and I can like, Clarify as we go. Yep. But I think my story starts well before um, I was born. It actually mm. starts when my dad was, I think, in high school or, um, yeah, I think in high school. Um, my granddad went to him and said, you're, you and your family are going to travel around India and settle in a foreign land and you're going to be known as the Abrahams. Wow. Which is crazy now yeah. which i think in retrospect i would guess i'd class as like a prophecy yep um but at that time we didn't have like the concept of surname didn't exist or doesn't exist in india it's okay. more like um by what you do and from the place that you are okay. so granddad was an accountant so he was like the accountant from Palyadi, which is a place where he's from and then dad was like the accountant's son um after granddad passed away even though dad did engineering, dad's the accountant and I'm the accountant's <laughs> son. Like that's just okay. how it works. Yeah, like, right. um, and so dad kind of just like, cool, shrugged it off. I don't really have any interest in traveling or going anywhere. 
um, like both my parents are from like quite a small town in India, like not from the city or anything. So that's like cool. Goes finishes high school, goes to um, goes to university, studies, and then he finished. He studied physics and then he studied engineering. Um, happened to study engineering at MIT, which is like the one of the it was a faculty of Massachusetts Institute Institute of Technology. Technology yep. Which happened to have a a branch in Chennai okay. for a small period of time. It'll feed into the story, <laughs> I promise. Um, and so then dad, they had like a campus interview where people come into the, the university and say, hey, would you like to work with us? And he got a job working in central India, uh, in North India, in the middle, it's got a state called Maharashtra. Yep. And so dad's like, okay, cool. So starts working there, doesn't know Hindi, um, can't speak it, read it, write it, but somehow. Is that because they speak it up? Speak it in, you said central India? Yeah, right? so Hindi is like the, the usually the language of North India okay. and then the, the southern states, which is only four states out of like 29 or something, oh. um, speak a diff- different languages. So each state has its own language yep. and North India also share Hindi in common. Okay. Um, and South Indians don't speak Hindi because we're like, I don't know, some like we're original Indians kind of thing. Because oh. over time, um, as you had kind of Mughal influence and different people kind of, um, the Afghans kind of moved into India. And so you have like this layering of different groups of people. Mm-hmm. Um, and so we have like a really, really old language called Tamil. And so generally people didn't adopt newer languages because you can kind of live your entire life in Tamil Nadu and okay. know Tamil and it's, it's all good. Yeah. Anyway, so dad, uh, Moves there, starts working. I believe it's a cement company. Uh, gets married. Uh, Mum also moves out there with him. So dad learns to speak and comprehend Hindi, and mum learns to read and write Hindi. Okay, so they got all bases right. covered. So <laughs> together, <laughs> they make like a normal North Indian citizen, I guess. <laughs> um, and so somehow they they survived and they did well. Um, I was born. Um, they they travel. Mum travelled down, spawned down south. But I lived my early life up north. Okay. And massive blessing for me um, was that I was always brought up in a Christian home. Uh, both my parents uh, knew and loved um, Jesus, and at every kind of instance, um, I was kind of shown and taught that, um, which is which is a massive blessing. My parents even somehow like started a church in North India where they were. So they started a Bible study and slowly grew, um, which boggles my mind because they didn't know the language, but somehow um, started it. And I don't know how that church is doing now, actually, but um, it was cool. And eventually dad moved back to, to Chennai, and um, which is where the main city of Tamil Nadu, which is where I kind of grew up, up until I was 10. Um, and dad's job, he worked at MRF, which is... The cricket bat maker? Yes, yep. which I was really proud of because Sachin Tendulkar, yes. obviously, greatest cricketer ever given I'm Indian, oh, and yes. Brian Lara both yes. had MRF cricket bats. They did, yeah. Which was super cool. So I'd always get all these like free um, stickers for like my workbooks and stuff for school that were MRF that like... Sachin Tendulkar like blocking a, 
a shot or yep. whatever, uh, which is really cool. Yeah. And that, that job actually took him around everywhere in India, which is really crazy. And I didn't fully kind of comprehend like what granddad had said, told dad. Uh, I'm sure we'd heard of it, but it didn't really like make sense. But cool, dad's traveling. That's fine. Um, around sometime when I was six, must be just after six, just after my sister was born, uh, someone at dad's work had applied to move overseas and had been denied. And so he kind of just wanted to get rid of all the applications and everything to do with that. And so he just like, kind of like, oh, I don't want to see this anymore, get these out of my sight kind of thing. Yeah. And just like, I don't know how, it somehow landed on dad's desk. I don't know if he left it and dad took it or he gave it to dad or put it on dad's desk, I, I don't know. Um, and so dad kind of goes, oh, that's cool. Maybe we'll apply to go. Um, I, was, I had pretty bad asthma growing up. And so India's obviously very polluted, which was often aggravating uh, my asthma. And so, and just like a general good opportunity to go elsewhere to have a better education for the kids and things like that. So a bunch of things fed into it. And so dad applies and the application process was crazy. So we're waiting for four years, four years um, wow. for a pro uh, application to get processed. So we were coming as um, what's called, well, I don't know what the terms are these days, but it was called skilled immigrants yep. back then. And essentially you land um, and you land as like a, like a, it's you're kind of in like this void leading up to becoming a permanent resident, but um, you're kind of on the track to become a permanent resident as soon as you land in Australia. But there's two years of, of no support. And so fortunately, because dad had gone to MIT to get his degree, um, Engin Engineers Australia recognised his degree. So even though they were like, well, we can't recognise any of your work, like your work experience because we don't know if it's made up or not. Yep. We know that the qualification you got is legitimate. Yep. And mum had studied teaching. So she had to sit the IELTS test, I think, um, which is what you do to like get accredited if okay. you got your teaching degree overseas. Yep. So they had to do a lot of study, learn, learn English. Yep. Um, well, they knew English, but not in the way that it's used here or yeah. um, it's spoken and written. So they did all those tests. We waited. And so then I was 10. Um, I have a sister as well. And so we both, all four of us, moved to Australia. Um, and man, what a shock. Like <laughs> I had no idea about anything. I, all I knew was there were lots of computers, was my perception <laughs> in Australia. Yeah. And that there would be lots of white people. <laughs> <laughs> Probably ac pretty accurate to yeah. a degree. Well, given I landed in the Shire, very yeah. accurate. Yeah, right. Um, and so we only knew one family in Australia, and so we, we moved in with them. They were in Caringbar. So we clicked in there. We came in May, which is like peak of – it's like peak – leading into peak summer in India and, like, you know, pretty cold here. Yeah. So we were kind of, like, freaking out. Our bodies are like, what is this? Like, we're wearing – two jumpers sitting in front of the heater and it's still <laughs> not like warm enough. Because um, I'm usually pretty okay with the cold, at least mm. now. And so I recall like f like my sister and I would have to like jostle for for the heater because we were just like Closest taking to turns yeah. to... Well, we were just like sitting in front. Like there was no... Like almost catching fire. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it's like threatening getting burnt to, to keep warm. Um, 
but things kind of just things lined up. Um, we went to school. I went to Canberra North Public School, which is where my sister went as well. Um, dad got a job. I think we were able to rent a place within two weeks. Wow, that's cool. Um, which is really amazing. Where were you staying before that, though? We were staying with the friends oh, the family. in Canberra. Yeah. Sorry. Um, and then we rented a rented a place. Um, a, a restaurant owner is an Indian restaurant owner. Um, it's on the King, it's still there on the Kingsway, Mumtaz Mahal, I think. Um, he actually said that he would um, like be guarantors on our rent, and said like if we can't pay the rent, that like we could my parents could work at the restaurant and awesome. and the money, which is really cool, mm. because when we came over, the exchange rate was around fifty rupees, uh, would be one dollar, mm. and in terms of cost of living comparison would be like a cheeseburger. Um, which let's say is three dollars would feed a family for a week. A week, not, not yeah, not kind of lavishly, but survivable. There'll be lots of people in India that would eat um, on three dollars a week, week, basically on three dollars. Yeah, and so I think those were things that we didn't quite like. We knew the exchange rate, but you you don't often think about like what can you actually buy yeah, with the, the with actual the dollar, cost right? of the living. Yeah. Hmm. Whereas now we go oh. In America, this is the exchange rate, but you can buy like a cheeseburger for a dollar or whatever it is. Yeah. And so we didn't have that comprehension when we came over, yeah. which is kind of crazy. Um, and we kind of came with our life savings, obviously. Mm. Um, I'm not exactly sure how much money, maybe around a month, we were we could like stay before having to like pull the plug and go back to going back to India. Wow, okay. Um, so we settled into school. We sat, we we rented a place and. Uh, dad got a job within a month of working here. So it was like a graduate job, but it was okay. And he worked, worked at that. And um, that was kind of, at that point, we kind of, things changed. And so we weren't, there wasn't a sense of worry and things were kind of, we, we were never for want. Um, we always had food, um, you know, we, our house was furnished and everything like that, which is a mm. massive blessing. Mm. And I think I took a lot of that for granted. I took a lot of stuff. Um, historically, they got it done for granted. And, um, but all the while, mum was always, mum and dad, um, particularly mum, would be instilling in us. Um, she'd make us memorize Bible verses every school holidays, <laughs> which is, I don't know, you're like a 12 year old kid, you don't want to be memorizing Bible verses before you can, um, more homework. Before you can play. Like, <laughs> yeah, 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 I studied for, blah, blah, blah time, yeah. um, old school term. But she kept at it and we did it. And I think there was a moment two years after we were in Australia where it really struck home when dad came home and he said, we've been in Australia for two years now. Um, we're now considered permanent residents because before this there was no kind of um, home allowance or... Um, job seeker allowance like nothing Australia kind of says like if you're coming as skilled immigrants you need to come and survive in these two years right. and then after that you have like a safety net yeah. and so dad kind of said like hey like if something happens and I lose my job or whatever um, the government will actually provide some support and I think at that moment it really like struck me that wow like as I reflected on different phases of our lives um, that God just like took care of took care of us and provided for us. Um, and the verse that stuck out to me uh, was Psalm 34 verse 10, which is, though young lions may go hungry due to the lack of food, 
people who trust in their trust in the Lord lack nothing or no good thing. Mm. And I think it just kind of as like things flashed kind of in my head as I reflected, it was just like this verse that was stood out. Yep. Um, I've forgotten a lot of the verses that I memorized over that time, but like that verse just always stuck with me. Um, that in all this, in all this craziness, in this shift of like complete change. Um, the risk. Yeah. Well. That we were taken care of. Um, and sorry to rewind, I should have, I forgot, I've missed a part. Um, so in the, when we were finally coming over to come to Australia, um, you had to give a surname. Yeah. Right. Yeah. And I think I know what's coming here. Dad had, dad had actually called, named me when I was born, I was named Abraham. So my name was oh. Abraham Jabish. Okay. Right. And that was to kind of appease my granddad. Cause my granddad would always tell dad, like, you know, you're going to be going to travel around, you're going to yeah. settle in a foreign land, you're going to yeah. be known as the Abrahams. Was your granddad a Christian? Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Um, so very blessed. So my, both my grandparents on both sides are Christian as well. Wow. Yeah, so cool. um, a long, um, long history of Christianity, mm. which was brought over by, I believe, um, it's kind of three, three possible sources. We're not entirely sure. Uh, one was, I believe, Spanish... And the Spanish came to trade. They kind of settled a lot on the, the western coast of India and, yep. br- and with them came missionaries. Um, the British definitely brought missionaries and so they set up a lot of schools. And, uh, Christians came with them and set up a lot mm. of schools and educated. Um, and so there's like pockets of quite dense Christianity, particularly down south um, in India. Yep. And way, way back, they believe that the Apostle Thomas came to India. Really? And that's where he... That died, um, that he was. They believe that he was martyred in Chennai. Wow! And there are these seven. They call it seven and a half churches. There's one church is really, really small. That could be smaller than this like podcast space. Um, and there's kind of these seven and a half churches that are kind of built in equal kind of spaces, leading up to Chennai, where um, he was apparently killed. Really? So, yeah. Wow. Which is like I, I don't know the, the legitimacy, but at, at there's something, some kind of work has happened, like around that time, because yeah. at least there's these really old, like rock-hewn structures, and there's like, like I've seen a baptism font that's like carved in like black granite that's like, hmm. you know, old, um, and so something has happened. Maybe it's not actually the Apostle Thomas, but some person has brought Christianity. So there are pockets, particularly south, I guess, because it's more accessible. Um, by sea that that's come. So I've been very blessed. Like the two towns, like the town that my dad grew up in has like three or four churches um, yeah, in right. the one, one kind of area. Well, that's pretty cool. Um, but then you'll drive like five kilometers and you'll get to another town and it's like, it'd be four temples and then you'll drive a little bit more and then it'd be like all, all Muslim. And so you'll have pockets of people that um, all go to church together and, like do life together because there's only one market and there's one pharmacy. And so they work in that mm. pocket. But yeah, so I was called Abraham Jabish. Um, Jabish, so just educate me on your la- on the names, sorry. Yeah. Jabish's last name? Jabish was my middle name because okay. we don't have a last name. Because you don't have last names. Yeah. Okay. Um, the story behind my name is my parents were trying to have kids. They couldn't have kids for a while mm. and they were just praying um, that God would, would provide in his timing if it's his will. And yeah, I was born and 
Jebi means like to pray. Okay. And so Jebish is where it kind of came out. And then it's spelt with an A. And so people say Jabish, Jebish. But I kind of go with any kind of rearranging. Should I be calling you Jebish? Jebish instead of Jabish? It's it's cool. Jebish. I'm going to do it from now on. Yeah. Um, And so Jebi means to pray. So that's the story behind between in my middle name. And so Abraham was meant to be a first name. But when dad's kind of was, we're about to come over and they're like, what's your surname? And dad's like, what's that? They're like, <laughs> yeah. what's your family name? Like, what's your, gonna, your family going to be known as? And so then it was like, whoa, okay. So the Abraham time. became mm. um, our last name. So I don't have a middle name anymore. Okay. So Jibish became my, um, my first name, which is, which is also interesting because I'd actually spent the first 10 years of my life being called Abraham. Oh. And then I come to Australia and my name's Jibish now. And everyone's saying and it wrong too. Yeah, <laughs> people are saying it wrong. They're like, what kind of name is this? Like, yeah. I had a normal name. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, you just start calling yourself Abraham yeah. at school because you're so, like, yeah, this is no good. Um, yeah, so I think that that was, that was so, that just hit me. And uh, it's, it's interesting that being, I was like, what, 12? Um, but that just like hit me real hard. Well, that uh, Psalm 34. Yeah, mm. and how he took, and I think it really kind of made me th- think realistically how God pr- also provides eternally. And it's not actually yeah. about him taking care of us when we came to Australia. Like those are, in terms of like an, on an eternal perspective, that's nothing, right? Like, and I think that really, if he, like, if he can take care of us here in this adversity, how much greater is it that he he cares for us eternally? Yeah, right. And so that really kind of, I think that's when I would say I became a Christian. Because mm. um, everybody took than, the faith for yourself. Yeah, rather mm. than like living, I think I was living in the pattern set out by my parents. Um, if I was like, if I said something wrong or hurtful, my parents would teach me saying, hey, like we should be speaking in a loving way. God wants us to speak lovingly. And so I had those structures, but it wasn't really like, oh, I want this to be, this is my belief and this is how I believe it's best to live. Yeah, um, right. A turn, was that? Yeah. What a fascinating story though. Mm. Like there, your granddad's like, you're going to be known as the Abrahams. Yeah, that was and now so you are. profound. Yeah. Yeah. It's crazy. It's really crazy. Um, mm. I was just reflecting on it because it's like just a, such a different story from what we've heard before on the podcast. Yeah. <laughs> so, um, but what about, I mean, because you go back to India pretty frequently, don't you? Yeah, I was trying to go back every kind of two to three years. So I'm guessing you, you have still a lot of family over there. Yeah. What it, and you spoke a little bit about how Christianity came into India. What's the, what's the feeling like that, I mean, if you're grandparents on both sides, and also your parents are Christians. What's the feeling around that in terms of Christianity in India, like from your perspective? Yeah, I think in, as in like how it's received by the community. Yeah. Like um, I think in the, in the places where they're from, it's quite like that's, everyone's Christian in that town. Mm-hmm. And so it's quite normal. Um, and things are mostly quite cordial with everyone out like in and around that yeah. um, people kind of generally down like from really down south which is like we're from like almost the southern tip of India 
Mm. Um, I'm, I'm looking at a map as we speak. And um, like everyone's kind of, you, you generally just tend to move in like local areas. So you'll kind of have your suburb, you'll have your shire and you'll kind of have a township and you don't really, you don't really need to move outside of that. Um, and so there isn't like a great amount of um, division between um, Hindus and Christians and Christians and Muslims and et cetera. Um, down south, I think it's, it's quite, quite healthy and quite, quite good. Um, I think up north is where it tends to get more um, hostile. Right. Um, Hindus tend to be a bit more fundamentalist up north. Um, they've also had a lot more um, history where historically the, like you invade from the north. And yeah. so when there's kind of um, people of the Islamic faith invading, they would invade up north and not down south. And so they've had that animosity that mm. um, they face that animosity. There's more hurt. Yeah. As well. And mm-hmm. I think the current government kind of uses that to kind of fuel um, fuel that dissension. And that obviously helps them to um, get elected because they become the Hindu party um, rather than we want what's best for India. It's like, oh, we'll protect Hinduism. Right. And like they pass laws like it's illegal to convert someone or um, it's illegal to proselytize or like, you know, share the gospel, like all those things come in using the guise of like, hey, historically, like hundreds of, like hundreds or thousands of years ago, this particular city was under siege and Mm -hmm. they were threatened to be killed unless they did, you know, um, converted or whatever. And so that's constantly used as a thing and kind of this, yeah, kind of creating fear around stuff uh, for for political gain, really. Um, So that's kind of really present up north and that's where it's kind of quite can be quite rough. Um, and also the percentage of Christians are lower up north. Mm-hmm. Um, and so down south, I think we, we were we were very blessed, protected. Yeah. Um, when I was going, going to school in the city, there's a bit of, bit of flack, but nothing, nothing to, to really worry about. It's like some banter. <laughs> yeah. um, goes both ways, I guess. Like <laughs> yeah, I've definitely right. been like, where's your God now? <laughs> they like got out of cricket or something. Because <laughs> <Not really. laughs> you know, you're, you're a kid and you're like, oh, I'm afraid of God, I'll get a six. <laughs> and so like, you know, those things will happen. And that, yeah. like, and yeah, we could be friends. Like I'd say that they were friends. Um, and so there wasn't really any animosity. Mm. Um, and I've seen my dad have like really cool conversations with people on the train. So we'd catch a train from Chennai down south. We visit my grandparents and it's a, you kind of like board in the afternoon and you get off the, the next day in the afternoon. And so they ha- we had like sleeper cars. Yep. Um, and so usually this, this car that we'd sit in would have six people. And so there's four of us and then two randoms. Yep. And so often like dad was track up conversations and there might be a Hindu person or a Muslim mm. person and, you know, they'd have a good conversation and mm. part on really good terms. So there are pockets of it happening uh, mm. that are where it's, sorry, there's pockets of, bad stuff i guess and yeah. then overall people are just yeah people are good because they're all just living together really yeah 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 what um how much uh how fluent are you in is it hindu or should uh, i uh, tamil so it's tamil i have no i don't know hindi at all okay um tamil is I, i'm fluent i have the vocabulary of like a 10 year old so when well, i that's when you left right? yeah hmm. so I, I know those words and i hear stuff and when i speak it, yeah, it's it's funny to like my relatives because 
I'm like a grown man, but like the words <laughs> that come out of my, like it sounds like I'm like a 10 year old. It's like funny. if you, um, yeah, so the sentence structure and things like that are, um, I don't know how you describe it. Is I, it I was going to say, is it very different to English? Like, because uh, uh, sometimes you look at um, at Japanese, just as an example, is like it's based on syllables rather yeah. than letters for, for want of a better way of describing it. Is, is Tamil similar to that? Yeah, it, 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 they have vowels. I think there's like 10 vowels sounds. Okay. And then they have consonants. I don't know how many there are. And then every sound will have one character and there is no, there's no overlap. Like it can only be that one thing. So um, sometimes in English, like A, the letter A can be said, can ma- make all types of noises depending on what's adjacent mm-hmm. to, right? Jabish or Jabish. Yeah. yeah. And so, um, and it can like, the same word that's, that sounds the same can mean heaps of different things, yeah. right? Yeah. Like there, yeah. what do I mean? Yep. Um, and so that's not, that doesn't happen. So in that way, it's kind of, it's more straightforward mm. because you make this noise, it, like this, this character denotes this noise, this is the only noise that it denotes and it means this thing. And you still form words, so it's not like a Japanese where characters are words, um, but there's like 266 characters. Wow. And so, cause it makes sense when you see it graphically cause you're like this consonant linked with this vowel always has like this squiggle on it. Okay. And this thing will mean that it's like, got like a, it looks like a telephone, <laughs> like character. Um, but yeah, I've lost my ability to read and write. Mm-hmm. Um, I can maybe make out some of the vowels or yeah, like, guess like I probably like guess like four or five characters and take a punt at what a word would say so I don't really read it all but um, we always spoke so when we came to Australia we were like okay we're going to speak in English to get us to learn English and then I remember I don't know when it was but there was a switch where my parents were like okay we're now going to start talking in Tamil because we, we have figured out English now and we can speak with English with other people and develop our English skills, but we need to preserve Tamil. So we'd always speak in Tamil mm. at home. Mm. Um, yeah, that was like not forced or anything. We're just like, oh yeah, that's cool. That's, that sounds like a good idea. No, but it, it connects you to where you're originally from. And yeah, that yeah. makes a lot of sense. Yeah. So if you came over when you were 10, but did you become a Christian around 12? Was that mm. right? Yeah. So th- that's going to high school, right? Mm. How was that for you being, first of all, um, someone who's come from another country, you've had to learn the language, go to school basically within two weeks of getting there, mm. then go to a different school in terms of high school, and you're also becoming Christian around that time. Yeah. What's, <laughs> what's, what's going on for you at the time? How did you feel? Yeah. Um, high school was, early high school was, I reckon, pretty tough. Um, mm. By the way, we went to the same high school, didn't we? It's true. Yeah. We did. How many years behind me were you? I think you? it was three years. I finished in 07. Yeah, three years. Yep. Yeah. Sorry, keep going. Yeah. But that's kind of cool that we went yeah, to the same high school. Yeah. Um, high school was tough. I think I was, I was picked on a fair bit. Um, mm. I, I mean, I, I guess like that's, that's kids, right? Like they, they find anything and everything to. It's different to, to them. To, to yeah. avoid having it themselves. Yeah, yeah. correct. So. Um, I think it made me like 
I think I was quite open up until then. Um, As a Christian? Yeah. Hmm. I think I would still say, like, I was always telling my friends I was a Christian and all yeah. my friends in, in India knew I was a, mm. I was a Christian. I was quite yeah. open about it. Yeah. Um, in my year of, like, six, there's 600 people in my year in India. Um, and, like, I think there was, like, in my class of 60, there was, like, two Christians and we were quite well known as Christians and, and that was fine. And I think coming to high school was, like, whoa, I need to be... Um, I've found myself having to be on guard and being like not like giving away something means that it could be used to against you like take a shot at you mm. and so I think I I think it closed up like became more reserved overall um, and I think that did have a flow on impact into um, how public my faith was as well mm. I think my, my friends knew would know but I wasn't like openly a Christian. Like people at school in year seven wouldn't have known like, oh, that guy is a Christian. Um, but like my friends knew I was a Christian and I kind of kept it to that. And so once I could trust them, then they would like know who I was and know my interests as well as um, this other big thing in my life, yep. uh, which is my faith. Yep. Um, yeah, I think that's, that's kind of how, how it went. Like I still went along to scripture. Like obviously, like there's no, um, like there's, there were still public things that I that were there to point that I, to point to me that I was a Christian. Because, mm. um, th- I mean, I was never going to do this, but there's no way I'm getting opted out for scripture. Like my parents aren't going to opt me out. Yeah, I, and I didn't ask ever. Well, that was the thing we should explain it. Going me high was there was a an optional scripture lesson in the half Tuesday afternoons. Was that what it was for you? Or was Tuesday afternoons for me to begin with? Yeah. So for me in year seven and eight. We had scripture, so Fee came and taught us yes. scripture, which is amazing. Fee, Fee from was, our church, yeah. He was great. Um, and so I was in those classes, mm. and then after that, I think the only thing you had um, was Tuesday, which is optional. Tuesday afternoons, yeah. Yeah, uh, which is an interesting play by the, the school. <laughs> but, you know, uh, we won't go into that, I guess. <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah, so, like, I still went to that, mm. and so... Um, That, that was still a, like visual sign that I was going and that I was sitting in class and I would be sitting at the front and I'm not, you know, heckling or, you know, throwing chairs or whatever, like, you know, yeah. whatever the other kids were doing. Um, but there wasn't really like much more than, than that kind of um, structural stuff. Like, yeah. I, I don't think I, it was a long time before I came to chip lunch, which was a thing that we had at, um, during lunchtime sometimes. Friday afternoons. Um, yeah. Friday afternoons, yeah. yeah. Because I think um, the safer thing was just to play handball yep. with my friends. Because you not, wouldn't stand out publicly. Yeah, not make it a, a point of difference to um, to go and then to have answer question like, oh, where were you at lunch? Like, um, I was we, had at a, the we had a sick game. Like, you know, <laughs> I was at the Christian group. Yeah. You didn't really want to say so, that originally, yeah. Um, yeah. Are you going to church at that time? Yes, in year seven and eight, I was. Um, coming up to year nine, where we, we where scripture became optional, yeah. um, the, the allure of, do I go to scripture or do I like go hang out with friends or do something else or go play games or whatever, um, is quite strong. And, you know, I, you're not really the most, um, I don't know, I wasn't he- the most recent person when I was that age, so I was like, oh yeah, I'll play games with my friends. Yep. And so 
that kind of dropped off. I think I also, I don't know if it was like pride or um, complacency. I kind of felt like I wasn't really getting getting much out of church. Like I'd be mm. like, I kind of know all this stuff. We go. I go to Bible study. You memorize the Bible I go, yeah, verses. I go to these things. I, I know, know the these answers. stories. I know yeah. what happens with Gideon. I know what happened. What happened with David? Like, mm. I know. Yes, Jesus did this. He did these miracles, and then mm. he, you know, went and got crucified. Like, what really is there more for me to? Which just like sounds so like conceited looking back, <laughs> but um, I kind of went like, look, everything we're covering is is like known. Like, mm. we're, we're in the known realm. So like, I don't really need to go yep. to scripture and I don't need to go to church. And so I think my, my attendance kind of, that's when it dipped. I was in and out. I would still go to, um, we had some Bible studies. At, um, I went to church at St. Phil's in Bar. So I'd go to Bible studies maybe in the mornings, on Sunday mornings when my parents went to church. And so there was some connection still, but I think it really um, plateaued there or dropped there. Um, and it wasn't until year 11 when, again, it just felt like God was just like give, like slapping me to wake me up. Where, wake up. <laughs> where um, I happened to go, we had a youth service at St. Phil's at five o'clock on Sundays. And that was like on the, I think they were preaching on like the purpose of church. And, you know, it's not actually just about what you can get it's about like community and what you where, can, what how you can, can serve, do, how you right? can serve, yeah. And I think leading up in that time, I kind of like figuring out like, hey, I know everything or not everything, but like I know what I need to know. Um, and then I was, you know, like I loved, I loved science and I love like the, the known, like, you know, stuff that's concrete. And so this idea of like, oh, does science disprove um, Christianity? Like I'm toying, toying with all these things and then I, I, like hear this talk and I'm like, oh, okay. Church isn't about just receiving knowledge, right? It's not just like a university degree where you go and like, okay, I'm getting my weekly download of, of knowledge and yeah. oh, okay, I'm not learning anything anymore. So I guess there's no return on this time that I'm getting. It's actually investing in people and forming like a community and a fa- being a family really. And you don't stop hanging out with family because you know everything that they talk about, mm-hmm. right? Um, and so that was like, oh, it kind of hit me to my core of what um, the reason I gave myself to ex- like to, to excuse myself from scripture and um, youth group and all these things. Because I'm not getting anything out of yeah, myself. Because I was like, yeah. oh, that reason is incorrect. And then, um, so that was on Sunday. Then on Tuesday, a friend of mine said that we should go to scripture on Tuesday. And I was like, yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah, Please. see you there. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, got you. Yeah. But he did something really clever. He, some, he it was English, it was, a, it was the fifth period. And he was on the other side. So I was, I don't know what the name of the building is now, but um, mm. like, you know, the Engli- there were some English rooms with the office and yeah. there were some English rooms up like 50 something, right? Yep. Near the English staff room. Yep. He somehow got to my English classroom over here near the office before I got out of class and left. I that's, don't know how he did that's it. That's a very fast. Yeah. I don't know if he got an early mark. I don't know what he did. Because it's he, a fair distance. Isn't yeah, it? yeah. Yeah. 
Maybe maybe, maybe you said, can I go to the toilet? And, she's, and the teacher's like, yeah, yeah, go to the toilet and then go home. Possibly. And yeah. so he was there at the door, so I couldn't slip out. <laughs> so he was like, you said we're going to go to scripture, so we're going to go to scripture. Wow. And so I was like, I guess I'm trapped. I did give right, my man. word. <laughs> so I went along. Um, Jai and Stu were there. We were ministers here. Um, and I was in Matt Robin's Bible study. And um, we were grouped up in seniors. And... Um, I don't remember what the passage was, but it was talking about like um, the, the maybe something to do with like don't be aggressive or angry or like that kind of stuff. Um, and <laughs> one of my friends who's also at the Bible study like coughed and was like Jewish, <laughs> you know, like when you like read a passage. <laughs> Well, because you're angry. Well, yeah. Like I guess, like that's the some of the something some of the things that you ought not to have, like Christians ought not to do. That was being outlined by Paul. I think um, <laughs> he felt like, well, at least as a joke, resembled oh, okay. um, the way I acted. <laughs> I thought you were saying you actually were angry. I think I was. Okay. I think I was. I think that was like. A, so there were all these moments of like reflecting on. Um, Oh, how on my behavior, and so, so you had this talk on Sunday, and it hits me on like my reason for like kind of stopping going to church, and then he says this, and then I start thinking about like I was a bit more angry person. I was like swearing a lot, and um, you know, I guess you're playing handball, and that's just like classic yeah. recipe for swearing. Yeah. I'm getting angry. Do you um, think it's also to do with just? In terms of your history as well, and like people picking on you and stuff, and like yeah, and I think you need to. I didn't choose this, and I've come from pretty difficult circumstances. Yeah, yeah, yeah. and so and like being being the norm, like being a part of like the way other people, yeah, um, other people, the, the way that other people act, um, and so I think like he apologized and. Um, Matt was like, you know, we shouldn't be, that's not, that's not how we want to like have our group. And that was fine, but I think it still stuck with me because I think it had a bite because it was true. There was some truth to it. Because it wasn't true. I would have just laughed it up and like, oh, that's obviously absurd, whatever, let's move on. Yeah. Um, so it was that. Then like two days later again, I don't know how I got into this, but I was having a conversation with someone at Gaimir on the train station. I think this person was like two years younger than me. And somehow he ended up asking me about the gospel. I ended up sharing the gospel with him. And I was like, this is awesome, right? Because <laughs> in my head, I'm still thinking, like, I'm a Christian. Um, I'm sharing the gospel. And, like, this is your life will change, blah, blah, blah. And he turns to me and goes, but your life doesn't look like this. Wow. And he didn't mean it in a in an aggressive way. He was just like, his you're logical end was like, oh, but I don't observe this in you. Yeah, you're telling me this, but then... Because you're right, like swearing on the playground. You're, um, you know, I, obviously like my your response to... Well, often your response to being the recipient aggression is to like, oh, if I'm aggressive, Respond. then I'll, I'm, I'm fine because then you won't... like. I'm protected now because I put on put up a good offense. It's great defense. Yep. 
And so then I was, I was again, I was like, oh, wow. Like, I've had like these three kind of like one, two, three, left hook punch kind of things <laughs> where I've gone, okay, like I've had this resolve that I don't need it, need it, which is wrong. And then I've had these two reminders that like, I haven't even been doing it well anyway. So what's the good of, um, what's the point of having this knowledge um, if, you know, faith without works is dead? Mm. And I think that was, I think that weekend was like a massive shift reflecting on that to go, okay, well, um, I need to be in this community. Um, I remember coming across this, this analogy. I don't know who shared it, but um, I think I heard it like a men's convention or something. There was like a man... And I heard this analogy as well pretty recently after that, but I don't know. I don't think it was within the week. Um, there's a man who was like, oh, I don't need to go to church. I'm fine. And the story goes, they had a, the minister comes over and um, they're both sitting at, near the fireplace. The fire's going and the minister gets the tongs or whatever and picks out a co- like a red hot coal um, from the fireplace and places it in front. Mm. And the, hot coal, the coal's red hot. And they sit. And they're just watching. No words are said. The coal slowly goes grayish, whitish, and then it's black. Yep. Picks up the coal, puts it back in the fire. They wait. It's red again. Heats up, heats back yeah, up. Heats back up. And so the minister just says, see you on Sunday. <laughs> and leaves. And that's an awesome mic drop moment. I don't yeah. know if that's a true story or if that's how it played out. But I think that's that's clear. You when you're with the people, with the community that are choosing to live this particular way and go this particular way, um you it's it's a lot easier. It's it's a lot easier to like not slip into um the ways of the world. And I I'd never have I would never have comprehended that that would happen because I had this upbringing that was never geared towards that because yeah. I didn't really know any different this whole time and so in my head I was like look I'll just keep living the way I have been living holding to the truths that I already know and I'll be fine um, and so I think after that I was like okay I need to be serious about being a Christian because being a Christian is more than just saying you're a Christian yeah. because all those two years I would tell people I was a Christian just like I shared the gospel with this guy yeah, um, saying I was a Christian but I was I would say I wasn't living like one um, and I think that's where the turning point of okay I now when I was 12 I think I understood for for real on a you know on a you know head knowledge and heart knowledge I think I understood in my heart what Jesus had done for me mm. but then I think um, in year 11 was probably when I was like, okay, I need to like live like that's true in my life. Yeah. Um, Didn't you said that you were like reasonably reserved when you first went to high school and then perhaps like there's a bit more anger creeping in. Mm. Is that, did you, the way that you responded to people and the way that you, were you less reserved and also less angry after that point in year 11? Oh uh, yeah, I was definitely less angry. Um, I think I'm more open now, but it's it's hard to say. Like, I am a re- reserved person. Um, like, I, I take a bit to warm up, but I, I don't think that's a. Um, it's definitely not like fr- from anger or feeling. Feeling like worried mm. or anything. Um, 
I'll say like yeah. our personality is, yeah. is shaped by obviously what we inherit from our parents, but also yeah. our experiences in life. And for for you coming from a place that you're really comfortable and a place that's really uncomfortable, you're going to be more reserved because you're like, I'm I'm still figuring it out. So, yeah. And it's a formative time, right? When you're in high school, you do form a lot of habits, good or bad. Mm. Well, I think when you're going through high school and how you cope with things and stuff like that. But then... Again, like you're saying, the transformative effect that God can have on you mm. is like just changes your heart, and you can, like you said, immediately you became less angry. Yeah, that's pretty impressive. Yeah, yeah. That that's the power that God it's has. So, yeah, that that week was like, I'm like, what is going on? <laughs> and I, I even think, some, I think one time I was Doesn't swimming, it? I was swimming in squad, and I was an absolute nerd. Oh, I mean, I was a classic Indian, so I did four to maths. <laughs> um, <laughs> and so I had I had period zero. Yeah, um, yeah. That guy me four unit was yeah. period zero, wasn't it? And so we had roll call at nine or something, but um, the way they fit in these extra classes was before roll call and before kind of mm. reading and hangout time, you'd have yeah. a class. Yeah, I did and three so, in English like that. Yeah. yeah. Mm. And so, um, yeah, the first class it started like seven forty-five or something like that. Yeah, I think that's right. And so after swimming, I wouldn't have time to catch the train, so Dad would drive me, and often we'd listen to FM one hundred three point two. And I think even that's the talk, a Christian radio station in yeah. Sydney, right? Yeah. And even that talk, I don't know. There was some like brief five-minute thing. Even that was kind of, in some way, I remember it um, pricking my conscience um, about this whole like venturing away from. Um, away from church it's um, so crazy how like in the community having all in the same yeah. week that's wild yeah so, so oh. it was like god's like i've had enough of you yeah i've had enough stop of your now. insolence <laughs> <laughs> it's time to stop yeah. Yeah. Um, and everything changes like and then you realize man i don't know like i don't know anything <laughs> like i know some stories i could tell i could tell you what's in a children's bible mm. but there's so much depth um oh. to to understand and yeah yeah i mean like you can read a passage three or four times in the space of a year and get something different out of it that yeah. god's like god's speaking to you at that time mm. so yeah i fully understand that so once you finish high school what's the plan what do you what do you decide to do <laughs> is it the classic indian plan <laughs> yeah so doctor or engineer yeah right in that order doctor engineer um scientist you know there's a tier list, I guess. Um, <laughs> I peaked. I think I. I didn't. I, I don't think I ever learned to study. Mm. Right. It was all um, memory. Yeah, yeah. Just rote learning. That was which, pretty similar to me, actually. Which worked till, well till year ten. So I peaked. I think that's, I peaked in year ten. That's my story as well. And At then, year ten, and then I'm like, I can talk to girls and <laughs> other people, and now I don't want. And then I can't rely on my memory either, yeah. so I'm not going as well at school. So. Um, you know, 11, 12 comes, computer games. It wasn't girls for me, it was computer games. <laughs> um, derailed. Like, I, I think I didn't, I didn't know that I had lost that, like, because up until then, like, I'd, I would do homework quickly. Yeah. I wouldn't study and I'd still, like, you know, smash the test. Mm. And so then 11, 12 caught me as a surprise because I go, oh. The same methods I read working. this twice, mm. but now I still don't, like, I don't know how to like comprehend and apply this subject. Yeah. Um, but I think I, I didn't really, I mean, 
isn't this easy to say, oh, I didn't really want to become a doctor anyway. Um, <laughs> I think, I believe my um, heart was more set towards engineering. My dad had done, had done um, engineering. Um, funny thing is, I, th- I think granddad wanted dad to do accounting as well or go in finance way. But anyway, um, I was like, no, 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 I'll do, I'll do engineering. Um, so enrolled, I got early entry um, into Wollongong Uni, which is a university here. Um, to do electrical engineering. So that was that was a start. Um, I ended up switching from engineering to, to commerce. So um, ended up with Bachelor of Commerce in finance. So that was windy road, but yeah. What was it like being a Christian at uni? Because some people say they enjoy being a Christian at uni that we've had on the podcast, but some other people say, mm, I just like kind of, turned up and did my classes and left that's what it was, was for me at uni for example yeah i think because I, both my class all my classes were kind of more in um so we had a kind of a tight cohort when i was doing engineering initially um and so there was a bunch of christians there and people that went to the christian group so mm. i was quite involved in the christian group in first year of uni and that was kind of cool i didn't really encounter any resistance like you could be whoever you needed to or wanted to um, or whoever you were actually were. Um, and so I hung out with my friends, made friends with the people that I got along with and I don't really get along with that person. That's okay. Like, you know, <laughs> I see you every second class and that's fine. Um, I went to like NYC and that was really cool. What's NYC? NYC stands for media conference, which is a bunch of universities would go away in the middle of the year and have like a camp for a week. Um, and we looked at Hebrews Oh, so um, sorry, Christian sorry, Ministries. Yeah, the Christian group would go um, on camp. Yeah, right. Um, and I think that's when I first encountered uh, really, really deep study of the Bible. Okay. Um, but I'd have Bible study and things like that, but you'd have all these different people that think so differently, being like, what is this? Who is this? Um, um, What's God teaching in it? Yeah. Mm. Uh, like things like... Um, in, in Hebrews, there's a person called Melchizedek that's mentioned and he appears in the, in Gen- in the Old Testament really early on yeah. and he's this heaps um, mysterious figure. He's like a king and a priest and it says that Jesus is in his line because Jesus is also king and priest um, and like exploring like what that means and things like that. I had never really thought on that that level of seeing, okay, the connections and how prophecies and symbols that exist beforehand are mm. um it's all part of god's plan too. yeah yeah and all those things are like oh this is really cool like this is a level that i hadn't um kind of thought about the bible on it's not just a compilation of it's, it's not just a compilation of stories it has meaning to me and has implications in the real world yeah. but then there's also all these interconnections of god um you know, foreshadowing things and prophesying things. And that's, that, I, I love that stuff because again, it's my story where granddad has had these words that like <laughs> ring true for so long. Yeah, well, that's so distant. So what a great connection. For me, stuff like um, Moses going into the Red Sea and going into the desert and wandering there on the flip side, Jesus getting baptized and going into the desert for 40 days. Like the, I love those parallels because mm-hmm. I go, oh, okay, it, to me, that's like, oh, God has a plan. Yeah. Like, there's no... Mm. Things like that don't happen. Mm. Like, they're all 
that time period. And also fits with your experience too, right? Yeah. Like coming from India. Yeah. Mm. So, um, so that, that was really cool at uni. But then after that, I think after the first year, uh, and me slowly transferring towards commerce, my cohort changed. Um, and so I, it became more kind of going into going into uni, doing my classes and leaving. Um, I also became more involved at my local church. And so um, investing, it, it kind of got to the point where I could either in, invest in uni ministry heaps um, do all their, their evening activities and their Bible studies and things like that, or I can invest it. Crypto. Um, <laughs> invest in crypto. No, no. Yeah, sorry. I mean, if I invest in crypto, then. <laughs> um, sorry, that's just discussions we've had before. Yeah. Um, and so that was, yeah. So I made the choice to, to um, invest in my local church. Yeah. Which is also great work. So, so was that, that was youth leadership? Yeah. So I did a little bit of everything at St. Phil's. Um, mostly, most of this stuff is youth leadership and, I did some kids ministry as well. So Fridays were just, so do we had kids plus, which was years four, five, six, um, or three, four, five, and then youth after what? Youth yep. was the kind of like year six and year six, year 11. Yep. Yeah, cool. Yep. And I mean, when I, I mean, I didn't use leadership for six years back at um, Guy Me Anglican Church when Soul Revival was the youth community there. And, uh, it's interesting that I look back on that now and go, oh my gosh, I learned a lot being mm. a youth leader because like I learned how to talk to people of different ages, but also like just to be able to share the gospel in a really relational way. Is that the similar experience that you had in, doing, in terms of doing ministry there? Yeah, I think just like even teaching, um, particularly given my experience, I had, some, I had some kids that grew up in Christian homes and some kids that weren't. Mm. That weren't. And it was cool just to explore the gospel, to encounter like kids that thought the way I did, that they knew all the stories and to like, like yeah. push them to be like, hey, there are things that more to explore. Because, mm. um, you know, often in youth we kind of do one of the gospels every year because we actually, like there are people that haven't heard the gospel mm. coming along. And so um, pushing those kids to engage with more and seeing that there's more depth to the gospel um, than just a story. Um, and then... On the flip side, like helping them figure out what it looks like to live, yep. um, to to live as a Christian, and how does this apply into 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 school? Um, and at the same time, you're like, yeah, I might would find myself reflecting on my my own like life and how you know, like how the similarities. I think in some ways things haven't changed for well, at least then hadn't changed for the kids that are facing similar stuff. Yep. Um, and yeah, you're just figuring out how. You, you grow because you're helping them face situations that are slightly different to yours. Yeah, and you're also helping them and grow yeah. as well. And do, you're right, it does make you grow because, you, again, you're, you're learning. It's that sanctification process again that we've talked about is it isn't the coal. Mm. <laughs> you're, yeah. gonna, you're helping them keep their coal hot, keep, their, yeah. keep it hot, nice and hot. Because, and, but the, and by doing that, it make it helps you to keep your coals hot, if, if that yeah. makes sense. Yeah, yeah. Um, well, you take a, a swig from the keg, <laughs> keg of glory. <laughs> um, after like, so you you you're at university. Switch to switch to, to a different degree. Yeah. Still leading youth at the same time. Once you come into the workforce. 
how what's changing for you because um you've been through quite a journey and coming up to this point did you feel like was there a point where you actually like uh, obviously you got Australian citizenship the two years afterwards was there a point where you felt like oh, I actually am and tell me if I'm overstepping the mark here but you actually felt like you're Australian I think that would be and I'm not saying you have to actually feel yeah, like yeah, that either right? yeah I think I do I do um, I think it was five years after that okay five, so seven years after being in Australia so probably just as I finished high school is probably when I became an Australian citizen. It's probably a few more years before... Primary I, school or high school? High school. Okay. So I came in when I was in year five, then went through high school, mm-hmm. um, and then... Oh, sorry. Yeah, so start of high school, we became permanent residents, and then five years after-ish... Um, you get citizenship. citizenship. Sorry, yeah. I, I, I mixed yeah. up those terms, yep. And so I think it was probably a couple of years, few years after that. Mm. Um I think as a migrant, you're like trying to figure out um, who you are. Yeah, and there's an identity like there's, thing, there's, right? a, there's a whole like layer of like, um, the, I think this is a bit, it's a bit dumb, but I did make a joke about it. This, like, oh, you know, did the Indian thing, but like this idea of like degree of Indians. And so I grew up in the Shire. And so um, there's a lot of, there weren't many Indian people mm. in the Shire. So most, pretty much all my friends are um or Australian, white Australian, I guess. And then I had a couple of Chinese friends. And so um, growing up, my life influences are diff- very different to my family friends who yeah. were living in Blackdown, say. And so yep. they all, actually half of their friend circle are Indian and they would watch like Indian movies and, um, you know, love the cricket and like watch the cricket more than I do. Yeah. And so there was just like, oh, are you, oh, you're so like, you're you're already Aussie. You're so Aussie, <laughs> and so um, it's this weird thing because I don't feel Aussie because I'm not heaps accepted by Australians as an Australian because I stand out here mm. in a bunch of ways. Mm. But then I don't feel like I'm Indian. And then when I go to India, they're like, "Whoa, you like changed so much." Okay, this Aussie. <laughs> yeah, yeah. So, oh, you're so Australian. You're you're speaking in Tamil in like an Australian accent and <laughs> right. all this stuff, right? Yeah. Um, and so I think it took a while for me to figure out like who, who I am, like I'm Australian and I do blow I'm Indian, like, and kind of, kind of s- settling that portion of my identity kind of, um, took, mm. I think a couple of years. Do you think, um, Jesus shaped that? I think, yeah, I think it, it, it definitely did. I don't think it was a, a conscious thing, but I think it was a, it was a subconscious thing because especially that point in year 11, you were talking about. Yeah. Because the, who I was like the, I guess it, the citizenship that I'm more, most concerned about is like being a citizen of heaven. Right. Mm. Like that's what's more, that's who I am. Um, it just so happens that, um, I was born in this particular land and yeah. grew up and came in and live in this other land where mm. I have these pieces of paper say that I'm from there. <laughs> um, and you know that I might recognize by that country, but mm-hmm. it it kind of it pushes to the side because that's not really my identity. It, it's an it's I guess an identifying characteristic or something. Yeah, you could say. But because of that, it was a lot easier to to kind of do away with that. So when someone says like, "Oh, are you really Indian? You don't watch Indian movies?" Like, well, I don't really 
I don't watch them because I don't care. Like I don't, <laughs> I shouldn't have to watch Indian movies to, yeah, to be Indian, or whatever. And so it really means that I, you don't need to care about yeah. it as much because it's not as important. But it's because you're not identifying as an Indian in Australia or an Australian Indian or Indian Australian or whatever. Yeah. It's like I'm um, a Christian. Yeah. And then Correct. everything else is after that. Yeah. Mm. Yeah. So I'm a Christian who was born in India, lived there ten years, yeah. went to Australia. I love that. But I'm a Christian. I like it how you said you're a Christian that you were born mm. in India. Mm. Yeah. That's really cool. Yeah. I'm trying to remember in the last, through all the guests, I mean, we've had, this is episode 27 of the Chip Lunch, and I'm trying to remember if we've had uh, a couple on before, like, because so, like, so, we already had Amy on, oh, yeah. your wife, but I don't know if we've had the other half of a couple on. I'm trying to remember if we have. I don't, I'm not sure if we have. <laughs> But in, anyway, the reason I ask is it'd be interesting to hear your side of the story about how you met Amy and how you guys got together and obviously mm. got married. Yeah. So I was at St. Phil's Anglican. Um, I was running the youth ministry there. Um, Amy, I think, came on. It was quite late notice, actually, but she came on as a student minister, mm. which is cool. Um, and so started... Um, helping out a youth ministry and we kind of just hung out. We're around each other for about, she's, she did a youth ministry there for two, sorry, student ministry there for two years. Um, and so we slowly were getting, getting to know each other. Um, and I think near the end of the, the first year was kind of when we kind of started, we started dating. I think we started dating in December. Yeah. <laughs> You're pretty good with dates, man. Because I remember you <laughs> saying about that story in year 11. You're like, this was on a Friday. And then I know the, the next Tuesday. Yeah, I know the proximity of one event to another. Yeah, but, but yeah so as, as we got to know each other, um, yeah, we just kind of clicked. Um, like, I think initially I remember like she doesn't like coffee. Um, <laughs> didn't eat heaps of meat. So I was like, ooh, Okay. Uh, <laughs> is this really where I want to go? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, no. no, but um, I think yeah, just serving together, you get to know each other, mm. um, and hanging out, and so mm. we yeah started dating in December, and I think our first date was I don't know if she said what our first date was. I can't remember. You have to. Remind it was me. so we went from Sutherland. We played putt putt <laughs> at um, Putt Planet. Um, in this is a good date already. Yeah, putt putt. Yep. Um, at Slovenia, she beat me, so Ooh. it's a bit rough. The the <laughs> the, the, the from the where le- you were putting, or just just it was rough to lose. Rough to lose. <laughs> <laughs> um, so I got these. Je- uh, sorry, she got these jelly beans as a prize from the um, the lady that owns Putt Putt Planet, and she gave me a banana, <laughs> and she wrote "lose a banana." <laughs> <laughs> in permanent marker. What, and then you meant to eat it? <laughs> and so she's like, here you go. <laughs> it's like the wooden spoon. So <laughs> I was like, oh man, rub salt in the wounds. <laughs> yeah. um, but. But that's a cool sense of humor. Yeah. Mm. But then we, we switched anyway, because or the, the, la- the lady that was running it gave, gave the prizes to us. Oh. And so, um, so then we switched because Amy was like, I'll happily eat the banana and I'll, and I'll have the lollies. So uh, we ended up switching prizes anyway. Uh, then we, I think we, I bought some spray paint 
And then we went to, we got some burgers. And then we went to, I think we had youth that, that Why did you buy spray paint? <laughs> I think I was helping out at church painting something. <laughs> yeah. So like, I think, what was it, why did you do I that? remember it was like, it was a, I was like, so we, we can do something fun and then I need to do some errands and then we can do something fun and then I need to do some errands. <laughs> And this is how go, life is like and then, for you. And then we can the go to youth. So <laughs> it was kind of like Pop Planet, paint, burgers, and then I think I had to buy something at like Spotlight or something again for the church. And then we went to youth. So, yeah, right. Um, yeah. So that was, that was our first date. And I got married a year later. Yeah. Um, in December. Lovely. So, yeah. Well, congrats. Thank you. <laughs> That's really cool. Um, I, I think it's probably a, a good time to wrap up, but I feel like just before we do that, um, just feel super encouraged the way that you have allowed Jesus to be, like continue to allow Jesus into your life mm-hmm. rather than you had that period where you felt like, oh, you knew everything. And then he just like, you could you still had to listen to him. You still had to listen to God when he was saying, hey, you're not... Mm-hmm. You're not paying attention to me. <laughs> you need to pick this up. Yeah. But also just in terms of your um, your perseverance, um, also like your story about your grandparents and your parents and stuff like that. And I, I'm really stoked that um, I know you to know those kind of stories. And I think it's really cool. And I, I've really enjoyed listening to it. Like you said before we got on, we started recording, like, oh, do you want the short version or the long version? I'm like, long version. <laughs> Give us the long version. Yeah, the director's cut. It's <laughs> yeah, the director's cut, a special edition. Um, but, yeah, it's been really special edition having you on, man. So yeah, thanks for having thank me. Thank you so much. Uh, anything else that you'd like to finish the episode with before we before we wrap up the chips? Oof. I don't know. I guess I, I think... I can only like share the learnings from my from my life. I've um, got a question. Oh yeah, this is a question that we started asking. At any point in your life, looking back so far, where's the point you'd like to go back and say, "Hey, Jibish, you need to do this differently." And you have to kind of talk about it a little bit, but I'd love to, if you've got like a if you can think of it, a particular time where you think, "Where's older Jibish telling me what to do here?" Yeah, I think I think the the I think the point would still would be kind of year nine. Um, I remember kind of the the clear point. I think there were crossroads where I had I was doing scouts at the time. Okay. And um, scouts meant that I'd be going on camps and things like that, and that would take me away from from church and on weekends when I camp and when I go, when I go to the program, I think that a Bible study was on Tuesday or something and the scout group met on Tuesday. And I think I, I would, I would question that decision. I think I'd go do something different there yeah. um, and stay connected to, um, like the, the youth group would have a Bible study outside of, um, like on a weekday and then that we'd like hang out and, and um, on Sunday and things like that. And so I think that's that's where I would change it. I would say either find a different scout group or, um, I don't know, scouts. It's okay, like giving it a miss, I guess. Yeah. Um, I think that's what I would I would change because I think that became a, um, like a tangible thing that I did that was like a blocker. So it was there like to take me away. It was like an excuse. I was, yeah. yeah. 
Yeah, it, or whether actively or passively yep. to go, oh, I got scouts, so I'm not going to do this. A, um, re- a reason not to yeah. do it, yeah. So I think that's um, that's probably a point where maybe I, I thought that, it, like, I don't think I went into it with that intention, um, mm. but I think it became that, and I think I should have been a bit more um, on top of it. Mm. Yeah, that's probably what I would, I would click over. Yeah, cool. Well, it's been absolutely fantastic having you on the Chip Lunch podcast. Mm. Thank you so much for joining us. Yeah, Thank you so here. much to the COVID with leaves <laughs> paint and sip picture for joining yeah. us as well. Representing some, Ethan and Braden. Yeah, that's right. Some great questions, guys. Thank you so much. <laughs> <laughs> um, let's wrap up the chips with chicken, salt and gravy. Yep. And finish it up. Thank you so much. And we always like to, oh, we're going to shake I hands. I, was, I love it. I, I thought that was it. I, I love thought it. that you were going for a handshake. Oh, I'll, I'll, I'll shake hands. That's fine. <laughs> Well, the way we for context, actually, he had his hand like this in front of his. I'm mind. like doing so, it like this. <laughs> Having said that, uh, we do wrap it up with a one way. So let's do that and thank you again. One All way, right. guys.